Hello there, everybody, and welcome back to another review of Andor here on Star Wars Last. This is episode 11, Daughter of Ferrix. We are going to be talking about everything that happened in the penultimate episode of Andor season one. But before we do so, please hit that like button down below and subscribe to our channel for continued Star Wars content. We're on the road to 1,000 subs. We should be about 15 or less by now. So thank you all for subscribing over the last month or so. Really, the last two, three weeks, we've hit a huge boom in our subs. And we really want to thank all of you for joining our community, being a part of it, helping us get to 1,000 subs. It's been a big milestone, something we've been trying to reach for a while. And we're really excited to get close to there. But we're not there yet. So if you are watching this video and you have not subscribed, please do so. It'll really help us out. Getting to 1,000 subs will be a big indicator that you guys like our content and want to see more. And showing your support for our channel will really help us give you guys better content here in the future. Comment below. Let us know what you thought of Andor Episode 11. We always respond to your comments, and we definitely want to hear all of your thoughts. You all give us a lot of detailed thoughts, so keep it coming down in the comments below. So let's get into Andor Episode 11. As usual, we do these reviews in three parts. We start with Cassian's story, then we move on to the kind of Imperial side and what's been going on with them. And then we talk about some of our rebel heroes like Luthan, Mon Mothma, etc. So let's talk about Cassian's storyline here first. We got a bit of what we predicted last week. We did get some of him trying to escape from Narkina 5 with Melshi. Then we also got a continuation of that story further into when he returns to the beach planet to get his money and his blaster and all that stuff back. Cassian's storyline was kind of the one that was on the back burner, as we also kind of predicted last week. A lot of the other storylines, or at least momentum for other storylines, was moved forward here, uh, while Cassian was kind of just getting us to where we assumed he was going to be. So, Nick, what were your thoughts on what we saw here from Cassian this episode? Yeah, like you said, he's definitely on the back burner, but I definitely appreciated that we didn't just get a jump into, like, oh, he's going this way and he's going that way. Um Primarily because it's like, one, I like the grounded realism and like the detail that we've been keeping with these characters who don't have the force or movie logic to get them to jump different places much more faster than we realize. But also, I, I like the development of Melshi, right? That relationship. That's like the, when we see that scene in Rogue One with Jin and the whole strike team with Cassian behind him. It feels like, yeah, like Cassian has been in his prison, but at least he's met these fellow prisoners, right? And these are people who you can at least share some moments with or has some connection to. And the whole idea of like, are we the only ones who made it out? What we need to split up and all that. I thought that was a good resolution. I like seeing that in Arcanians. We've been complaining as a whole, I think, in the Star Wars fandom that there hasn't been enough alien designs or the alien designs that we've gotten have felt Maybe not up to like movie level quality at times. Now we got to see these Narkinians have full dialogue, you know, walk around. They're kind of funny. For me, this episode really set Cassian. Like we've had this whole season to like say, like, okay, he's working towards that rebel agent that he's going to become. But this was like the first episode that like fully reminded me of like the ultimate sadness that is Cassian's life that he just loses and loses so much. And for a time, I guess he had some things like his mother and Bix and all these people on Ferrix, but now it's all falling apart. And then for his mother, the only constant is left to now be gone. It's like, okay, wow, like he's going to come back and potentially this 
final episode on Ferrix is going to dictate his next four years with the rebellion and what he does. So he's kind of locked in and it's sad to know that it's about to begin in full earnest, it seems, but at the same time, it's like, well, that is, that is the character. (laughs) We all knew that was coming. It is. And this episode does a good job with its limited screen time for Cassie and making the most of it. Like I said, the final shot of the episode with, or the final scene with Cassian is just incredible with his reaction to learning about Marva's death and the way he's reeling it all in. It's some of the best facial expression acting that we've seen from Diego Luna throughout the show. It's a scene where he really gets to chew on the emotions and really the 10 episodes of stuff that this guy's been through leading up to this episode. The the people on Arkina 5, the aliens, on they talked like pirates. It was, it was really strange, <laughs> like saying ye and like yeah <laughs> matey and stuff like that like it was interesting and and i cannot think of the name of the character for the life of me i really can't but i know that design was used for the one that speaks basic was used in clone wars uh in one of the earlier seasons i like i can like picture it in my head i just can't like name the character name the episode and let me know if if you're watching and you you guys recognize that too let me know in the comments because I re- it's like killing me. I really want to know <laughs> what this character was and which like which design that actually is because that was like almost almost to the T with the costume. But I enjoyed all of Cassian's stuff. It was very brief. There wasn't too much to it, but all the other storylines are furthered here. The stuff that we kind of put on the back burner last episode in order to further the prison escape plot. So let's talk about the Imperials here. We really don't get anything from... Dedra in this episode or the ISB she's in one call it's, it's not even a hollow call it's, it's like a video chat with the officials over on Ferrix and she tells them to allow Marva's funeral to happen but I think the more interesting if we're talking about bad guys here I think the more interesting thing to talk about was Cyril's story furthering in this episode we kind of know the direction he's going to be playing in next episode as, as our wild card here so like, what were your thoughts on what's going what happened with Cyril and I guess the Imperials that we do see the spy maybe as well but what are your thoughts on some of our bad guys in this episode yeah I guess we, I can start with the spy um I mean he seems like he's been I think people have mentioned in our comments that he's been around since the very first sighting of the Imperials on Ferrix. I, I like how he's been very nondescript so far for us that it's kind of even hard to really remember who he is, which works perfectly in universe. He's supposed to blend in. But like you said, not really much of Dedra here. She seems like she's put like the opportunity for, you know, Ferrix to actively revolt, do something uh, that the Imperials will jump on. I think that's the whole point of her kind of remaining distant. But the serial stuff, I think, has played out a little different than we expected. I know we were like, yeah, you know, Dedra could, like, potentially, like, play off of this dynamic that Cyril has kind of forced upon her, kind of play into his image of who she is. And I think that still is happening. I don't. I feel like he's even more of a wild card now. You know, he's waiting for his mom to leave the apartment. He's clearly not working at his job anymore. Or if he is, um, he's, he's taking a day off. <laughs> and he stole some money from his mom's, like, jewelry rock jewelry locker and yeah i think he's going straight to ferrix i mean that's the only option for him he needs to do something it was nice to see the sergeant again uh he's one of my favorite more kind of actiony comedic characters in the first three episodes i don't know it's very 
unclear. Oh, I, I, I don't think there's anything definitive of what he's going to do. Maybe he does go to Dedra, but that's that's something for more of like a predictions video. Yeah, I think that ISB and the Imperial stuff in general was one of the things I was a bit more disappointed with this episode with, especially in an episode that's so brief. Like when the credits start rolling, it's about 39 minutes and that includes the opening credits and the recap and the opening Star Wars title and all that. So I feel like there could have been some scenes with them reacting to the prison break. It's almost like the prison break didn't even happen in this episode, which is something that I find a little odd. Not I, I understand that this episode is really geared towards setting up the Ferrix finale, like the showdown. Everybody's learning about Marva's death is, is the centralizing pull, the gravitational force that is pulling all of our characters back because of Cassian. It's like Cassian's going to be there, so everyone is going to go. And while I enjoyed that and I like that, I still think you can do a bit more to add to... Dedra's been in search of Cassian this whole show like now she's stuck with the krieger side but like really cassian's been her focus since about episode six and now she's just kind of letting her underlings handle it i i felt like we could have done a little bit more to react with the imperials especially to the prison break because i don't really see where next episode is going to touch on that the focus on cyril was nice especially tying it back to ferrix where it all started with him it's he's a character that needs to be there it's an element of the show that really has fallen by the wayside since episode three and kind of been the most underwhelming or like the, the part that nobody's really that interested in when he's on screen until now. So we've been waiting for this moment. I liked what we got here and I like seeing him go completely rogue. I, I have no idea what he's going to do next episode. And I really like that, that they've set up this just complete unhinged wild card. So next let's talk about our, we'll turn it into a kind of our rebellion section. We've got, this was the definitely the thickest part of the meat of this episode. We had a ton of stuff with Luthen. We didn't have too much Mon Mothma, but what we had was obviously quite important and impactful for where her character is going to be going next episode. We had a lot with Vel in this episode. And then we also set up here the rebellion exploding on Ferrix and what Mar Marva is going to serve as a symbol for, which is ultimately going to be kind of our centerpiece for next episode's action-packed finale. So... Uh, Sonic, what are your thoughts here on all the rebellion stuff we got here? We got Saw Guerrero as well. Like all this stuff is coming to a head here. What were your thoughts on what we're going or what happened in this episode? I guess the idea that Mon Mothma possibly is going with this traditional practice of like setting up her daughter for what is like an arranged marriage. It's, I don't think that's necessarily what this episode is fully implying, but it's definitely implying that her daughter is like way too open about like knowing what's going on and willing to like already put the pieces in. Like she's she's got her little like religious club or like tradition club for someone like Mon Mothma, who yes, she is Chandrillan, but she's also a senator in Coruscant. She's an intergalactic political figure. She has the ability, and for years she definitely had the ability to kind of live her own life and let her family live their own life. But now it seems like she's just losing every inch that she had. And her daughter is in some ways way more dynamic than Perrin ever is. Perrin just is like, yeah, I'm open-ended to whatever she wants to do. And this episode just shows, like, I, she looks so worn. She really looked worn down in this episode. She didn't look like the posh, glamorous version that we've even seen. And when she's 
been tested and tried throughout the season here. She was just like, she can't do anything but watch. And she can't necessarily disapprove, but she does. And I think that's, that was a very difficult personal situation. And then Vel kind of coming in was also reflective of like how Vel herself is not going to be following any traditional Chandrillan marriage rules or anything, right? Again, I, I really like that the Mon Mothma story, while it has been a lot of plot, they've always kind of like this emotional core about how these characters are feeling but are unable to express themselves. And bringing Vel into that only just adds a little bit more complication. I think Mon Mothma just loses this season. I think that's, that's the, the ultimate arc for her, that she's lost whatever facades that she's created. And the reality at home is what's dragging her down more so than anything political or economical. And then to like switch out to Luth and stuff. I mean, I like seeing him back with the Partisans and with Saw. I love seeing Saw's paranoia come out on, once more. Like it really does feel like that Rogue One guy with his missing foot and talking about Borg Galette and all that. So that, that, that was a really nice touch. And then Saw's realization of what's going on. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I thought that whole scene was nice. And then Luthen willing to, like, kill Saw. But, like, he's like, you know, I'm not actually trying to do this. Uh, I'm just trying to prove a point that this is all different pieces moving. I have to play this. I have to play Krieger as a pawn that has to be sacrificed. I also like some of the humor. But uh, uh, Luthen say, Tubes is my content. And he's like, what? God, no, are you kidding me? I wish he could have been like, no. No, he must be mistaking me with my twin brother or something, right? Like, I think that would have been a nice little touch. I feel like that's probably the end of the Sagarera stuff for us. That fight that I've been kind of willing to existence every episode finally happened. It's pure Star Wars joy seeing a guy just take out a ship. I love the technology that he used to break apart the huge tractor beam, how he like calibrated counteroffenses. All that stuff was nice. I, I do wonder where he's jumping to, but I, I think I'll save that for predictions. The Luthan stuff was my favorite, probably part of this whole episode. The continued paranoia of this man, just like he's so he makes such strong decisions, but then he's also still very unsure of himself. He's telling Saw that, you know, he doesn't know if what he did was exactly what he wanted to do, but it felt right in the moment. Stuff like that. Luthan is a, a man of conviction, but also somebody who doesn't completely trust what's going on he doesn't trust anyone he's he's completely paranoid and we see that with his ship <laughs> the amount of countermeasures and like the crazy weaponry he has on this thing was amazing i love seeing the full extent of that ship you always have to have like one cool star wars ship especially in a rebellion centric show i'm glad we have this ship so i think that would be pretty epic to see more of that both next episode but also heavily in season two i love the saw guerrera scene i thought all of that luthan plays his chips on the table perfectly seen saw unhinged i also agree i think this is our last glimpse of saw for this season all that stuff was really good i love you two tubes is one of my favorite designs in the disney era of live action star wars i really like when that character is done and especially because of his voice the way he speaks and the modulation under his voice i really really dig it i think every time i hear that character's voice it really gets me so i want to see more from that character and then the mon mothma section of this episode was was all really good i love her watching her daughter trying to convince herself that her daughter is really into these old ways that she should just marry off her daughter because her daughter would probably dig it <laughs> but but like in her head she she doesn't want to but she's like trying to analyze her daughter to convince herself that yeah it's it's what my daughter wants so i might as well just have her do it 
I'm surprised to hear her say that her husband is actually pretty open-minded when it comes to the old ways that he doesn't actually really care that much for, he does come across as someone who's very selfish and into his own world, doesn't really care what other people do with their lives. But at the same time, he's also somebody who seems to be fighting for position and for power and wants to be the highest class, highest status person available. So I found that interesting that he wasn't at, he was more open to anything than really Mon Mothma was, where she's even a bit more of a traditionalist than him. Found that interesting as well. But all of this stuff in this episode was really good. But I think you're finding that when we're talking about this, there's a lot of stuff we can discuss here, but really a lot of it is built up to, towards this finale, which I think is going to pay off incredibly well next episode. And if you want to hear our thoughts on what we think will happen, we will be dropping our predictions and speculation on Friday as always. So check that video out. When it comes out on Friday, you're going to want to hear all of our thoughts for the finale. It's already coming out next week, so we will be covering the finale when it comes out, 7 a.m. As usual, our videos always drop on that morning that the episodes come out. and We will be talking about episode 12 next week, as well as predicting what will come in season two. So this is not the last episode of Prediction Speculations on Friday. That will be the following Friday when we talk about season two. Also on Monday, check out our review of the High Republic Convergence. We're getting it to you guys one day before the book comes out. But don't worry, uh, we will be talking fully non-spoilers as well as some spoiler sections for those of you who have read it and want to get into the book. So make sure to check out our review. We distinctly label what parts are spoiler and non-spoiler. If you've not noticed, or if you uh, aren't someone who's interacting consistently with the community tab, we've been posting a lot of polls recently about characters. And now they've increased to two a day, one in the morning, one in the afternoon. So we are planning a new type of video that we're going to be doing that we want to interact with you all. We are going to be doing a kind of like March Madness style bracket for Star Wars characters. Right now, what you're pulling is going to be the characters that will be participating in this bracket. So eventually we will be placing them against each other in a variety of categories. Stay tuned for the dropping of that bracket soon once it is finalized with the characters we're voting. But for the next about week and a half, you will be deciding on a large variety of characters from every single Star Wars movie to every single Star Wars show and also Legends and extended canon with books, comics, video games across Legends and canon. So make sure you're voting in all those polls. Your choice, the top choice, will be placed in this bracket. And ultimately, we're going to decide together who is the greatest Star Wars character of all time and also which piece of Star Wars media are they from? I think that is going to be the like kind of unique twist to our list here. So make sure you're interacting with that and keeping up with the community tab for all of those polls here later throughout the rest of the month. So thank you all so much for watching. We'll see you next time. Mm -hmm.